0: Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elam Pentecostal church in the centre of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Today I'm preaching from Acts chapter 12, which is the miracle story of how Peter escapes from prison. This is the last in our sermons of the series Unleashed, and it's all about the church, that's you and I, being filled with the Holy Spirit and then making an impact, a difference in the world. And my message today is called Unleashed Participators, but I did wonder whether another alternative title might be Wakey Wakey. So we're reading from Acts chapter 12. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Wakey, wakey. That's the Stephen Gibson translation. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. And then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And then Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the Martha of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, She was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, It must be an angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Imagine if you were rode in that situation. See, I told you so. (laughs) Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this. Now that's James, the brother of Jesus, not James that had died. He said, and then he left for another place. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for this incredible story that we get to look at together today from your words. Holy Spirit, would you help me as I preach? And Lord, may hearts and minds be opened, and may we all grow more and more in love with Jesus. Amen. Amen. So imagine you were one of the followers of Jesus that were gathered in the upper room. In Acts chapter 2, we Read the story of how about 120 of them were gathered to pray together when the Holy Spirit came and filled them all. Last Sunday, we celebrated Pentecost, the birth of the church. And that was the moment where they received the empowering, the filling of the Holy Spirit. So imagine you were one of those 120 And and you were there in that moment. On this occasion, it was about nine o'clock in the morning. It was an early morning prayer meeting. And there they were hoping, waiting, as Jesus had promised, for this gift of the Holy Spirit to come. But I, I don't know if they really knew what to expect. But what did happen was pretty shocking the room began to shake. A wind blew in. Can you imagine just things blowing around here in this room? And suddenly what looked like little flames of fire alighted on each person's head. And everybody was overwhelmed with a sense of the love of God. And and before they knew it, ah, they were all speaking in other languages that they didn't know. The Holy Spirit had come And so those first initial days were incredible moments, seeing hundreds, even thousands respond to the gospel of Jesus. But then very quickly, the Jewish religious leaders did not like what was happening, and they began to persecute the church. Now we get to this story. This story is about 10 years later, and there's been 10 years of persecution of some kind. King Herod is especially feeling smug because he, for whatever reason, decided to arrest James, one of the key church leaders, one of the original 12 apostles, and had him killed with a sword. Imagine the grief and the pain that the church was going through, knowing one of their pastors had been killed. And now, Peter, one of the other key leaders, he's been arrested and he's in prison. And they're surely worrying that the same thing is going to happen to Peter too. And so we've got the church praying earnestly for God to bring a miracle. I want to talk to you today about waking up spiritually. Waking up spiritually so that you're ready for God to bring your breakthrough. What does it look like for you and I to wake up spiritually and be ready for God to bring breakthrough? So, number one we need to be ready for suffering. Ready for suffering. That doesn't sound too enjoyable, a thought. But for you and I, as followers of Jesus, we can learn from this passage, from this story, that we need to be ready for suffering. In verse 1, we read, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. Now, as I said, this is about 10 years after Jesus has been crucified and then risen again, and then they've received the Holy Spirit. A lot has happened in those 10 years. The Christians have faced threats on a regular basis. Some of them have been arrested and put in prison. Some of them have been flogged. One of the younger leaders, Stephen, and now one of the original apostles, James, have been martyred. And then we also read in Acts chapter 8 that then many of the Christians then fled Jerusalem to the other towns and cities around. You know, you and I may have to suffer for following Jesus. It's part and parcel of being a Christian. And sometimes God will rescue you from your suffering. Isn't that good news? But do you know what? Sometimes he will not. In this story... The apostle James was put to the sword, but then Peter escaped with his life. Why is that fair? It's not fair, (laughs) but actually you and I, we need to trust God that what he allows, he will use for his glory. If he allows you and I to suffer, it can still be for his glory. If you and I escape our suffering, we can use that too for his glory. We need to trust God that he knows what is best. Peter, writing about 20 years after this escape from prison in his letter, 1 Peter chapter 4, we read these words. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come in you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed." if you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Now, I'm going to guess that probably most of us have not experienced extreme suffering. Some may have, and You may be here in the UK because you escaped suffering, but for most of us in this nation, we we don't really know what extreme suffering looks like, but it is the experience of many Christians on a regular basis across our world today. Christians are more persecuted than ever, and I encourage you to be praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters. Peter teaches us here in this letter about what our response should be to suffering as a Christian. He says, do not be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed of suffering, but praise God that you bear his name. Actually, we read in Acts chapter 4 that when some of the apostles were flogged, it says they left rejoicing that they were able to suffer for Christ. What an attitude I pray that you and I would have that kind of attitude. I'm not sure if I would, but I hope that that would be my attitude. So are you spiritually awake and willing to even suffer for Christ? What could that mean? Well, there's a whole spectrum, isn't there, of course, of suffering. It could be a light and momentary trouble, as the Bible describes, um, the fact that you could just be overlooked, maybe overlooked for a job overlooked by someone that should have paid you attention. But then it could be that you're publicly embarrassed or even harassed, or even further, it could be persecuted. And then it could even be the ultimate price of being attacked and killed. If you love Jesus and your heart is fully committed to him, then you and I must be ready and willing to suffer. Are you ready for suffering? Whatever that means. So number one, ready for suffering. Number two, ready for prayer. If we're going to be spiritually awake in order to see the breakthrough that God has for us, we need to be ready for prayer. Can I get an amen? Amen. So Acts chapter 12, verse 5, it says that Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. That word that's used in the the original Greek is ektenos, which means that they were fervently praying or they were intensely praying. Now, the early church had prayer right at the heart of what they did. Acts chapter 2 tells us that they were devoted, amongst other things, to prayer. And actually, in verse 12 of the passage that we read, we see that many people had gathered at John Mark's house to pray. And in that Moments as they prayed intensely, fervently, earnestly, they were praying that God would bring a miracle, that Peter would be saved from death. And the early church was used to praying, they prayed about everything. Bring everything to God in prayer. What did they pray about? Well, in the book of Acts, we can see that they, they prayed for direction. If you're not sure what's next in your life, pray. Ask God for direction. They prayed for boldness. If you're afraid, then pray. They prayed for new appointments when people started new jobs or new ministry roles. If you're starting a new job or new ministry, pray. (laughs) They prayed when they were in stress. Are you stressed right now, anxious? Then pray. They prayed for healing, for people to be physically healed. Does your body need healed or a loved one you know need healed? Then pray. Pray. They prayed for the dead to be raised. Dorcas is a woman who was raised from the dead. We could even pray for that too. And they prayed for revelation and knowledge. You and I, I believe in this season, need to wake up spiritually more than ever before. You see, there's a danger perhaps in which, uh, while this last year and a bit has been really difficult for many of us, there, there could be a settling, an even greater settling that could come with the release of restrictions. Oh, everything's fine now. Or everything's better than it was. Oh, I can relax. But actually, I think this is the, the moment where there is possibly the greatest danger spiritually to settle further. To sort of just kind of accept that things are the way they are and we can't do anything about it. No, this is the moment to be stirred in your faith. And I believe the key is to be ready for prayer to be ready for prayer. Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to his disciples in that moment where he was just aware that suffering was coming, he said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. That word watch could also be translated as wake up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Why do we pray? It's a pretty basic question, I know. But I think it's just worth reminding ourselves. Why do we pray? Well, We are, as followers of Jesus, in a relationship with him. Relationships are not real unless you communicate. And so you and I in prayer have the privilege of talking to God. And also, I know I need to be reminded of this again and again, taking time to listen from him too. God wants to speak to you. You don't just pray to sort of ease your fears or ease your conscience. You pray so that he hears us and so that He communicates that we hear from him. So take time to listen to him. How will you best hear from God? Read God's word. Read the Bible. He may speak into your spirit. He might speak through others. All of those, uh, many other ways are wonderful. But the primary way God will speak to you is when you get into his word. So get into his word and pray and hear him speak. I find personally speaking that when I, I need to be stirred to pray That practically, I find it easier to get out for a walk. I don't know about you, but if I'm sitting and trying to pray, I I can get easily distracted. And I do find that getting out and just that steady rhythm of walking actually just enables me to focus and to talk to God and to listen to Him. So how could you wake up to more prayer in your life? Well, can I encourage you to pray at the dinner table? It's not the only time to pray in your day, but... I just suggest that whether you live alone or you live with others, it's a great time to do it. Talk to God. If, if you're if you're with a family or as a couple or with flatmates, then share about ways in which you could pray for each other. Thank God for your day. Bring your requests to Him. It's a great time to pray. Praise a collective. Our collectives are our midweek groups. And if you're not yet in a collective, I urge you, make that your priority for this coming week. Go onto our website and look to join a collective. 316 prayer. Pastor Catherine reintroduced it to us last week where we're asking God to move in three people's lives. Three people that we know and we want to see them come to know Jesus. And we're setting our phones or our watches for 316 p.m. So that every day when that rings, we're reminded even just to stop for two minutes and to pray for God to work in their lives. And then finally, encounter prayer. This Thursday, we have our monthly prayer gathering where we pray and worship together. I encourage you, come to the building. Join us at 8 p.m. this Thursday and let's be a church just like that early church. were, earnestly praying. Let's make Thursday's encounter one to remember where we call in God together intensely, fervently, earnestly, looking for God to come. So number one, ready for suffering. Number two, be ready for prayer. And number three, ready for breakthrough. Ready for breakthrough. There is one series of miracles after another in this story. First of all, What do we see? An angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. That's a miracle in itself that an angel appeared. I'm going to guess that if I asked for a show of hands, there wouldn't be many people that have met an angel, maybe one or two, but it's a miracle occurrence to see an angel. I like to think perhaps that it was a miracle that Peter actually woke up because the angel actually had to, it says, strike him on the side. I'm guessing he was a heavy sleeper. So if... uh, If you're sitting next to your husband and wife and they're a heavy sleeper, you're allowed to give them a jab in the side just to remind them. And then it says that the chains fell off. And then it says that the angel led him out of the prison, past all the soldiers. There were 16 soldiers guarding Peter. Sixteen. And yet God allowed them to be blinded from seeing Peter and the angel making a quick escape. And then the best bit of all, I would have loved to have seen this moment, when the big iron gates at the the outer part of the prison just swung open. God miraculously allowed all of these things to take place so that Peter would have his breakthrough. And then, of course, when he gets to the house and... uh, The servant girl, Rhoda, forgets to open the door for him. He's left standing outside. He keeps knocking. He keeps knocking. And when the believers see him, they are, it says, astonished. They're astonished. I wonder if Peter standing outside the door is perhaps a word for someone here today. You're praying for a breakthrough in a situation in your life right now. And actually, the stress of it all has got you caught up in just continually bringing it before God. But all the while, God's actually been at work. He's been working in the darkness quietly, and you didn't realize it. And actually, God is saying to you today, open the door. Open the door. Your breakthrough is just outside. If that's for you today, then I want you to receive it and just trust that God is going to bring your breakthrough. So when will you experience your breakthrough? Whatever that is. A breakthrough for a job. A breakthrough in health. A breakthrough in restoration and relationships. When will that happen? God, God, I'm longing for you to break through. God will bring the breakthrough when you need it. I can't promise you a time frame. But God will bring it when you need it. Have you noticed that sometimes God lets us wait right to the last minute? The 11.59 moment. When I was offered the role of uh, associate pastor here at this church, my wife Rachel and I, we we wanted to have our four children start at the beginning of the school term at September. And so that meant moving very quickly. So we put our house in the market, and we asked God to sell the house within two weeks, which at the time was a tough call because the housing market was quite slow. And in faith, trusting God that he would do it, (laughs) we booked a flight to fly from Glasgow down to Cardiff so that we could basically look at houses and buy one. And, uh, you know, we had people encourage us and say, well, maybe you should just rent for, you know, six months. That might be easier. But we just sensed that this is what we were to do. We were asking God for a breakthrough. And so two weeks later, we were at the airport. Our house had not sold. And so we just gave it back to God. And we said, God, we, we don't know why it didn't sell. But we trust you that you have the right house for us at the right time. So we flew uh, down to Cardiff. And we landed. We walked into the terminal building. I switched on my phone. And literally two minutes later, my phone rang. It was the estate agent. You've had an offer on the house, and it's exactly the price you wanted. God brought the breakthrough just when we needed it. And God will do that. Sometimes, sometimes he'll bring that breakthrough, and then sometimes you'll be left wondering why it didn't happen. Keep trusting God. He knows what is best for you. So today I've been talking about waking up. It's, it's a spiritual awakening that God needs to do with his church, and I know he's stirring in a number of us, and I trust that you're hearing what is in my heart too today, and I, and I trust that Holy Spirit is preparing us so that we will not fall into drowsiness and apathy and settling, but actually we'll be stirred to see the church grow more than ever in this season. Amen. So what does that mean for you and I to be spiritually awakened in order to see our breakthrough? We need to be ready for suffering. Ready for suffering. You might have to suffer for following Jesus. But don't be ashamed if this happens because you can praise God that you are privileged to bear his name. So be ready for suffering. Number two, be ready for prayer ready for prayer are you ready to pray at any time bring anything and everything before God in prayer and be somebody like those early believers that prays earnestly don't mumble when you pray (laughs) pray out loud pray with pray with confidence even if you don't feel the confidence pray and persuade yourself that you trust God fully because he can be fully trusted Pray around the dinner table. Pray with your collective. Pray at 3.16 p.m. Pray with us this Thursday at Encounter. Pray on all occasions as the Spirit leads. And then number three, be ready for breakthrough. God will provide the breakthrough when you need it. Listen to his voice and be obedient. Peter's response, what did he have to do for his breakthrough? All he had to do was get up, put on his clothes, and then follow the angel out of the prison. I think you and I could do that, right? God does the rest. God does the chain breaking. God does the opening of the prison doors. God does it all. We just need to follow him. Who's ready for breakthrough? Who's ready for breakthrough this morning? Come on, should we stand together? We're going to pray in this moment. We're going to trust God that there are situations in lives where as we continue to look to him, he's going to bring breakthrough. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.